grab your Bible and open them up to the book of Mark, chapter 9. All right. I'm going to, I don't know, we might call this tonight a faith refresher. I'm going to talk about faith. But really, my intent is I'm going someplace with this that uh, I I won't get there tonight. I'm going to we're going to just deal with faith tonight. But I'm setting us up for some things uh, in the areas of redemption, which I've mentioned several times before that we need to set our faith in. We need to understand it. We need to set our faith on. And so um, uh, we're going to talk about that tonight. And so in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Thank you. All right. We're starting to kind of get excited about the Word of God. Let's, let's try this again. Mark 9, 23. All right. Hey, when, when uh, Reverend Bench is here next week, get engaged. Oh, is that the key? How many knows that Andre's uh, came back to see us? Let's give Andre good hands. Good to see him. He flew all the way from South Carolina today and uh, made it to church tonight. And so uh, it's always good to see him. He's going to be here a week. And so uh, um, we welcome you back, Andre. All right. 923. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Very simple verse. Two important words in this, if and all. If you can believe, all things are possible. If we can believe. So a question, or this is a question, that we all need to deal with. Can I believe? Now most Christians will say, yes, I can believe. Don't go so fast. Because he says, if you can, that means there's people that can't. And and we're going to see, we all have a limit on how far we can go. You know, our faith is developed to a limit. So now we've got to bring this down and ask ourselves a question. Can I believe for this? You know, it doesn't matter what this is. Whatever you're facing in your life. If you can believe. Now, now maybe you got something going on in your body. Can I really believe that God can heal me? If you got something going on in your economy. Can I believe that God can make this happen? Because the Bible says that if you can believe. Now, why wouldn't we be able to believe? There's really two primary, primary things. Doubt. Doubt is one of them. Okay, lack of faith, which would be, if, if we're not in faith, you, you can't be zero or neutral on faith. What, if you're not in faith, what are you in? Fear. Fear. So fear and doubt are the biggest elements. Uh, We could start chunking it down, you know, can't wrap our minds around it or something like that. But really, that's doubt. So, I mean, it's really all going to come back to doubt and fear. If you can believe. Now, doubt and fear are going to challenge us. The doctor tells you, you've got this radical thing that you can't pronounce. And unless we do this radical treatment, you're going to be dead in three days. Can you believe? Because didn't that just mess with your faith? Now now you've got a big problem in front of you. Okay, if you can believe. So so we have to ask ourselves when dealing with with faith on anything, do I really have the faith for this? And I think a lot of people get themselves in trouble because they believe that they have the faith for it, but they really haven't looked and said, do I really have the faith to walk through this thing? Now, if the answer is yes, If thou canst believe, that means all things are possible. 
So now we, we have to deal with the possibility of this thing. So if we're, if we're looking all things, you know, how far can we take all things are possible? How far can we take that? As far as you can take it, what did you say, Karina? Unlimited. unlimited. Okay, it's a great answer. But how many people live in unlimited? So then we can't take it that far. <coughs> See, how, how far can we take what God has said? Till we get stuck on the how. Okay, because if you're, if you're honest with yourself, there's a point where you're going to start slowing down and it's like... I. I don't know if I can believe for this any longer. If you can believe, it's possible. So all things are possible. There is no limitation on the God side of it. But we have to come back. Can I really believe that? I, uh, I preached one time uh, shortly after the, uh, uh, the shuttle that blew up. Was that the Challenger? Okay, when the Challenger blew up. And I asked the question, if you were in that uh, shuttle... When it, and it still blew up, could you live through it? Now, now, now think about the dynamics of it. How fast was that thing traveling? Fast. Like, do you, do you have any idea? Was it 1,000 miles an hour yet or, or just in the hundreds? or I mean, bit, like over the 1,000? Okay, so you're traveling it faster than an airplane flies. Maybe not a jet, but like at least a commercial. Okay, and you're how high? 30, 40,000 feet, 50,000 feet. So if you survive the crash, now what do you have to do? What's that? Yeah, you're going to have to survive gravity. Because even if you hit water from that height, you don't just kind of like splash in. Okay? That's why like even on the Golden Gate Bridge, you will die when you hit the water. And it's only a few hundred feet off the ground. Okay, so not only do you have to... Uh, survive the explosion. Once you survive the explosion, you have to survive the fall. Okay. And then even at that, I, I know when I, I travel by commercial plane and you're traveling at about 35,000 feet, 40,000 feet, something like that. It's negative 55, uh, negative 50, negative 55 outside. So you also have to survive the, uh, the thermal element of it. Uh, a good one. After 14,000 feet, you'll lose consciousness. So if you're in the thousands of, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, 30, 40, 50,000, you have no oxygen. So you can actually die from that also. So could you be in it and survive? Well, the truth of the matter is, if you can believe. See, now we took a totally impossible thing and we brought it into a realm of possibility. But isn't it safe to say that's way outside of our thinking? I mean, that, that would be... Now, if, if you were there and you started enacting your faith, do you think you, you might hit a struggle? Yeah, because yeah, most people on an, on an airplane, if the pilot comes on and says, we're going to have to make an emergency landing, their faith has already gone out the window. They're, they're concerned about the, the condition of their pants. <laughs> because we're making a crash landing. But here he said, did we have a question, James? I saw you grab a mic. Are you just waiting? Okay. Okay. So the reality, the rea so let's bring it in to, you know, I'm talking about how far can we take it. 
The reality is, let's go back to the clinic. The reality is every single person in here has the capability to write a check. Now, what's the first thing that's going to come to your mind? We're being real. Is it going to clear? That's a great one. No, I, I can't just write a check. I don't have that kind of money in my... But, but that's a problem of if you can believe. Because God said if you can believe, all things are possible. So is there a dollar amount that goes outside the realm of all things? Is there a health... Uh, you know, you get diagnosed with something that goes outside the realm of all things? No. Where does it, where does, where's the buffer at? In my head. In my head. It's when I'm going to hit the wall. God doesn't hit the wall. But every one of us has a place where that wall is. You know, one person could believe, uh, could believe in their faith uh, to put a broken femur back together. You know, boom, your femur busted. Oh, no, in the name of Jesus. And they start walking and the thing just refuses. And pretty soon they're dancing. And the other person's laying up in their bed because they bumped their, their pinky toe on the, the countertop. And it hurts. Okay. So, so all of our variables are different because our variable is in the if. But on the other side of the if, all. <clears throat> what is not in all? Can we come up with a scenario that, no, this cannot happen? Not if you can believe. According to the Bible, that's what he's saying. So, so what ends up happening is our problem is in the if. Can I believe for that? Now, we all have a realm that we can believe in. So I'm not being negative. We, we just got to know that there's a point where we're going to struggle. Now, we can constantly build and put that point off, but our problem is in the if. You and I set the limits on what we can believe for. Now, have I ever challenged you in something that I said, we're going to believe for this and we're going to move forward on this? Have I ever challenged your faith? Okay, the challenge comes because my if is further out than what maybe yours is. Because if your if was further out than mine, and I said, let's just go back to the uh, clinic on the $35,000. If I'm saying, 30, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, how in the world can we get $35,000 among us? Okay, my if is further out than yours. Okay, but if your if is further out than mine, you're going to say, why are you limiting us $35,000, man? Let's, let's just do this and let's do that one too. Okay, all that is is the definition of our if. Are you following me? Okay, so if and all are very important terms in this things. And if our, or our if determines what percentage of all that we can apprehend. So how much does God have? Everything. How much has he given to us? Everything. So my if determines how much of everything I can have. Does that make sense? We're, we're only held back by our if. If I can believe this. Now remember what I'm talking I'm going someplace with this on how to obtain things. And I'm going to talk about one of the things I'll probably end up talking about first is how to walk in health. How to beat things that come against our body. But if our if 
is low, then we can't walk in it. See, so, so how far can you take in your body before your if diminishes? So let, let's take a, a faculty of our body that's kind of important. Breathing. That, that's pretty important, right? Okay. Have you ever like been so stuffed up it was hard to breathe and you're breathing through your mouth and it's just like, <laughs> okay. Okay, how far can you go in struggling in breathing that you can't stand on the, the Word of God anymore? Because as it gets harder to breathe, doesn't fear try to rise up more? Or maybe you went to the doctor and he says, uh, okay, your, your heart's X, Y, Z. And you say, well, but God said that uh, Romans 8 and 11, that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me and it'll give life to my mortal body. By his spirit, my heart is healed. But then your heart starts beating very irregularly where you can feel it and it's having a physical. How far can you stand on the word of God when that's going on? Do you see where the if starts getting iffy? Okay, I, I better go do something because God maybe is not wanting to do something. Well, if it's his will, he will heal me. So I'm going to go to the doctor. What are you going to do, fight his will? Well, God's trying to teach me something. Then why did you go get put in the hospital? Why don't you stay in the school classroom and learn, you know, suffer through it and learn what to do? See, we come up with antidotes that we try to adjust our if. Go to the book of Luke. Luke, uh, no, yeah, Luke. Luke 18 and uh, 27. Amen. Okay, this is Luke's account of basically the same thing. He said, and Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So there are things that are impossible in the natural realm. And Correct? Yes. I mean, what, what's something that's impossible right now? I mean, that we know, well, there's no, there's no answer for that. Do we know of anything? Well, you guys are positive people. <laughs> Praise God. That's impossible. With yeah. Is it, is it, what, well, you have Man can't heal me. Okay, man can't heal me. But is there a disease they have no answer for? Is there anything? AIDS. AIDS, cancer. Well, some people get healed by cancer for, I mean, they put it in remission and live longer and stuff. But is there anything that absolutely has, in fact, they have cocktails now for AIDS, don't they? Okay, so we'll take it. HIV. There's no answer for it. You're just managing the SIP. Okay, so let's take HIV. There's no actual answer for it, except for with God. See, things which are impossible with men are possible with God. You, you may go to a, a bankruptcy attorney. He tells you, yeah, there's no way out of this. You need to file bankruptcy. You're, you're in a hopeless, impossible situation. Okay. But with God, it's not hopeless and impossible. See, we, we have to be able to shift and look at what, not, what is not working presently and shift our thinking to believe that it will work. That, that's where the if comes in that we struggle with. And we all have a struggling point with our if. So impossible impossibilities become possibilities 
with God. Okay, but now we're living our day-to-day life and we get head on, you know, we crash head on into a situation that it is impossible to get out of this. How do I think when I hit that? Because with God, it's possible. It's only impossible in the natural realm on how things are working right now. Does that make sense? So, really kind of what I'm talking about is a life without limits. Do you know God has created us to have a life without limits? Because he can do all things. Now, the biggest component that keeps us limited is we can't believe it, our if. And that, that's a David problem, a Peter problem, a Latrice problem, not an everybody problem. We all have to deal with our own if. How far can I trust God and walk on his word knowing, he says, I cannot lie. So let's take that word. Remember that in the Bible? He cannot lie. Everything, he says, my word goes forth where it's sent. It will not come back to me void, but it will accomplish that which it is sent to. So he cannot lie. Everything that he says is an absolute truth in every realm. Okay, but he said, by my stripes I am healed. Or by my stripes you are healed. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, but how many Christians are sick or are battling something or are continually fighting something? There, there's a lot. Okay, but it, it comes back into the if realm. Can I really believe it? And most of the time, even in our faith, we have to dumb down God's word a little bit so it makes sense that our faith is working. But all I've got to be able to stand on is, by your stripes, I am healed. He that was rich became poor. Anybody know the rest of the verse? Say it louder. See, if you don't know the verses, it's hard to walk in them. He that was rich became poor that you might be rich. But yet, how many Christians struggle every month? Well, it kind of sounds that way, doesn't it? <laughs> One of the reasons why we need to know Scripture. And, uh, but see, how far can I walk in what God has said? My peace, I leave with you. I'm glad the other preacher knows these verses. Okay, now, if his peace was left with us, why are so many Christians on anxiety medicine, antidepressant medicine? James, over here. Uh, that mic's not on, Felix. Uh, it's what color is it? What what color is it? Green? The tape around it. What color is the tape? Green. Green. Okay, he's got a thumbs up. Hello. Yeah. Um, could it be that? Well, God put us in this earth to be able to you know, work it is what he put Adam for in this earth, but because of sin and stuff, you know, sickness, disease, and everything, but um, do you do you think that maybe the doctors or something that God 
you know, gave them the wisdom and the ability to be able to do medicine? Okay, that's a great question because I've heard a lot asked. Well, God gave us doctors so that he could, you know, they can do Perform whatever they medicine. do. And medical sciences, I mean, it amazes me what they can do. You yeah. know, they pull your heart out, hold it in their hands, put it back together, stick it back in you, and mm -hmm. you keep living. I mean, some of the things that they do is just kind of like off the bleed. So did God give us that so that we could get healed? Well, my question would come back, why would he suffer the cat and nine tails if we had doctors in medicine? Yeah, it's therefore if, whether or not you can believe. Now, there's so nothing wrong with doctors. There's nothing wrong with uh, uh, utilizing medicine or surgeries or different things like that. But from, from the point of the Bible, is the Bible true enough and pure enough that if my faith is there, that I don't have to do it? Yeah, but like, for instance, even like the manna, it came from heaven at the time that they were in the wilderness because there was no grocery stores or anything. But once they hit the promised land, it stopped. So now they had to, they had the food that they needed to be able to sustain themselves. Okay, who, who created all the vineyards? Who planted all the trees? Who did all that? God did. No, actually the people, the, the enemies oh, well. did. Because remember yeah. the part of the promise was you're going to have fields you did not plant. You're going to live in houses mm -hmm. you did not have to build. It was all going to be given to you. So even in that, they didn't have to labor for it. They, they walked into the harvest that God prepared yeah. for them. But, but God already stopped, you know, from the manna. And then also like with um, Elijah where the raven came and fed him because of the drought. But once the drought was over, the raven wasn't coming. So what's your point? So my point is, can it be like, say I have a headache. I know like right here it says it, what is impossible with man. So it's not impossible for me to get an ibuprofen and get the headache taken away than having to believe and pray and, and you know, have faith. Correct. I think away. that's the, the problem that we have. It's so much easier to take an ibuprofen. But see, you, you compared that to Elisha and the raven, but mm -hmm. God said, I want you there, and a raven's going to feed you there. If he told you, I want you to go take ibuprofen, yeah, he told me to go do it. But I, what I'm talking about is how far can we go in faith? Yeah. And and we look for reasons why. And I'm going to I'll pick on you on this one is that, well, God gave us doctors and all the wisdom so that we can utilize them. Yeah, but that's an easier form than walking in faith. And so now, again, I'm not saying it's wrong to go to a doctor, but I'm saying, how far can you go in faith? Because see, if in medical, I I'm going to say, well, God gave me a doctor, so I'm going to go for them. But now you're going to look for a natural answer in money. And now you're going to look for a natural answer in peace. Well, I got to go to a psychiatrist and see if I'm okay and I'm thinking okay. Why don't you go to the Bible? See, how far can we go in the Word of God? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so uh, impossibilities become possibilities with God. Now, let me just go back and pick up on that. Daryl Walsbacher, he had some... Do you remember what the thing was that he licked salt? Yeah, he poured salt in his hand. God told him to eat some salt. He had something going on in his body, and he was asking the Lord to heal him or something like that. And the Lord spoke to him and said, uh, eat some salt. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, he went in, he poured salt in his hand, kind of threw it in his mouth and ate it. He said all the symptoms went away. Okay, so that's like, you know, like the Elijah rape. He went to God and asked him, what do I do? God told him what to do, and he did it. Okay, so that his act of faith opened the door of the answer of what he needed. So in many times when we're standing on faith, God will tell us 
what to do. And then we need to do that. But again, that is, that is a, an answer to faith. See, God may tell you to go to a doctor because he knows you don't have the faith to walk through this that you're facing in your body right now. Or he may tell you to fast and clean out your system. I mean, he can tell you a lot of different things. But see, and that is if I'm asking God for the answer of whatever it is I'm dealing with, he's going to tell me something based on his word. Or I'm going to go in and find a word that is the answer for the problem that I'm, I'm, uh, uh, that I'm presently dealing with. Now, so where do we place the limits? See, because we're the ones that imposes the limits on how far we can go in the word of God. And uh, Andre, uh, microphone for the live stream. Um, go ahead. So, so on the, I understand the, the, the if is our responsibility. The what is our responsibility? The, the if okay. that we're dealing with is our responsibility, but. What are the tools to help develop that? What tools do we have to develop? Only thing I can think of off the top of my head is our personal testimonies from things that he's already brought us through to help us realize he can bring us through the next one or um, standing on, on the word. Okay, Finding standing on the word is, is probably, the, I mean, testimonies are important and we need to do that and remind ourselves. I'm not diminishing that one, but I 100% agree. But this is an element of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, the verse, there's a couple verses there that ask for the end. Nobody knew the end of them. Okay, if we don't know the word, how can we have faith in the word? Uh, Peter, I've given you all things pertaining to uh, life, got that one right, and godliness. Okay, so he's giving me everything that pertains to my life. How far can I take that? Throughout my life? Well, it really, actually, the answer to it is your if. Because when a life challenge comes up, your if is going to determine how far you can go. If he's given us all things pertaining to life, now pertaining to life, he says, and godliness, so our ability to walk with him and do everything he says, but let's deal with the life. So in life, you know, we have to have a roof over our head. We have to have... Uh, the barter system, you know, the U.S. dollar, what we use. Uh, we have to have food. We have to have water. Uh, you know, there's things that we have to have for life. He says he's given us all things for life. So now where my if comes in, let's just use transportation. That would be a good one. Um, because I can believe he has given me transportation. Those two things at the bottom of my legs. I can transport everywhere I want to go. But then the next guy says, yeah, I, can get, I, I got a bicycle. Now, who's going to go farther faster? Okay, what's the difference between the two? No. <laughs> Ifs. It, it's where they establish their faith. The one guy believes that he can go anywhere because God gave him two legs and feet that work and that he can get there on that. Okay, that's an arena of faith. But the next guy believes that I can get anywhere I need to around town because I got a bicycle. I can even go to Tulare or Exeter. Take me a little bit longer. Hopefully it's not July. Uh, in, in fact, uh, Nick, how far did you ride to work? 20 miles round trip. 20 miles round trip. And that, they said only come in when the weather's perfect, right? 
No, they didn't say that. They said rain, shine, sleet, or snow. Yeah. I actually did take him to work a few times because the weather was so... But you rode your bike to work in some, some pretty bad weather, didn't you? Uh, like rain, like freezing cold. Uh, and what time did you get off work? 11 at night. And he's going to ride 10 miles on a bicycle, 11 at night. Not only is it not safe from darkness and you know just being on the street and a car not seeing you, but for the people that are out roaming around town at 11 o'clock at night looking for something to do. Uh, but so he's going to get there faster than the guy that believes for a walk. But then there's another level. That the next guy says, well, if I can believe God that my legs will take me there, and if I can believe God that my bike uh, will take me there, then I can believe that uh, I can get a car and drive there. Oh, no, no, no. Let me take the bike off. Let's go to the bus. Okay. The bus will probably be a little bit faster, safer, cooler, warmer, whatever time of the year. And so I can believe that I can go there uh, at the, uh, you know, on the bus. Now, it's still going to take you, how, Nick, do you have any idea how long it would take you to get from where you're living to where you're working if you rode the bus? Uh, less than an hour. Okay, less than an hour, but you still, you got to start an hour early. You're going to get home an hour later. It's better than a bicycle and everything like that. But then the next guy says, well, if I can believe for that, I can believe for a car. So all of the stories or the scenarios is just a matter of if. If I can believe. Feet are possible. If I can believe, a bike is possible. If I can believe, a bus is possible. If I believe, a car is possible. I establish the it, if. I get to establish what has to happen for me to uh, walk in the blessings of God. So let's take the guy that believes uh, in the car. He's, you know, he's going to say, well, if I can believe for the bus, I can believe for the car. Well, if this happens and that happens... And, and I can get this, and, and somebody would do that. Now, is he put a bunch of conditions on his if? Yeah. Why can't he just believe for a car? See, we get stuck on the how. Well, God's going to have to do this, that, and the other in order for me to get it. And now you're boxing in God on how he does it when he says all things are possible with me. I can make the way. But the, the more convoluted, confused or, convol- uh, I can't think of the word, uh, uh, the more zigzags in the thing, the more conditions I start putting on it on whether I can walk in it or not. Are you with me? Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able. Now, who is the him? Now unto him, God, who is able. You and I aren't able to do anything. We struggle to believe. Okay, unto him that is able to do exceed, exceeding abundantly above all that we are uh, that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, part of the power that works in us is the how far can I go on this word? The if that's pertained to the all, because my if is going to determine. What percentage of the all that I can receive? Now, God has given me all things pertaining to life and godliness, right? I shouldn't lack anything in the all pertaining to my life. I shouldn't lack anything in the all pertaining to godliness. Now, I do. Why do I? Because of where my if established the boundary. 
So this is the power that works in me, or part of the power that works in me is the power of if, if I can say it that way. Where do I put the boundary of what God can do that after this point, he can't do it anymore, and I've got to go reach in and find something natural to make it work or to take me the rest of the way? Now, there's a, uh, uh, an element that I take in this. Let's say the car. Go back to my transportation thing. You have somebody who believes that they can get a car. Okay, but there's actually a bigger question. Can you, once you get the car, can you maintain the car? Because that's going to be a different arena of faith. I, I can get it, but yeah, somebody said insurance. I got to pay insurance on it. I got to put gas in it. I got to do oil changes on it. I got to uh, get new tires on it. I got to do this. So I might have the faith to get, but I don't have the faith to maintain. Or what a lot of people do is once they get, they just praise God for the getting and they let go of their faith on the maintaining. We establish the if. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can ask or what you can even think, but it is going to be throttled down by the power that works in you. You have the power to limit it. Now, if you grew up in a, if your lifestyle, your history and everything like that is you've basically fought for everything that you have, you're poor. Do you know what one of the, the battles that you're going to face in trying to believe God for more is? Poverty mindset. To How can I get out of this? This is all I've ever known. Same thing if you were sick all your life. You were born sick. At age 20, you, uh, you came to Christ and you found out, wow, I don't have to be sick anymore. And you get faith for it. You don't know what it's like to feel good. Because you've been sick your whole life. Changing that mindset, can I even walk in this, is part of your if factor. Do you follow me? Now, so part of the power is how far we are able to ask. Enoch asked what? To be translated. God, I want to die like everybody else. I want you to just take me to heaven. And he was translated. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated. How far can you ask? Now, stop and think about it. Adam? And Eve fell from the garden, walked with God, fell from the garden. Now they're toiling by the sweat of their brow and going through everything. Got all these people born now. Uh, uh, Adam is Enoch's great, 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 great grandfather. Seven times grandfather. Enoch was about 300 years old when Adam died. So no doubt he picked his brain on what was it like to walk with God? What's God locked? Tell me about him. And that built faith in his heart. And so he went to God and said, you know, you know, great, 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 great grandpa Adam said that whatever I ask, he'll do. I won't die like everybody else. Uncle Harry, he fell off a cliff, man. It, it looked like it hurt as he was bouncing down that wall. And, and, you know, and Annie, she was over there and that lion chewed her up, man, did a number on her. And my cousin Louie, man, he got sick. I don't know what was on his, but his skin got all boily and ugly and he was coughing and hacking and couldn't breathe and laid there for several weeks, several months before he died. I, I don't want to do that. Now, the only thing that gave him the idea that I can see in the Bible 
is, is seven times great uh, Grandpa Adam told him God will, will do God whatever you ask. He can do anything. And he just got bold enough to ask God, I want to translate out of here. I don't want to die like everybody else. So how far can you ask? I mean, seriously, think about it. How far can you ask? Can you, can you ask something that has never been done before? That's what Enoch did. Can you just ask to get out of the cycle that you can't seem to break out of? How far can you Because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. How many has ever laid in bed at night and dreamed of doing something that you knew you'd never do? Has anybody ever done that? Okay, why, can't, why don't you ask for it? Have you ever seen somebody that doesn't follow God doing something? Oh, man, I'd love to be able to do that at least just once in my life. Or, or you get to walk through a uh, like a really high end hotel and uh, the, you're just amazed at the man just to stay in a place like this one night. Uh, or or you, you're you're flying someplace across the country and and you, you, you know, you're, you're walking down the airplane and and these people in first class and they're like. And, and <clears throat> you're like going through and you, you see this wide seat. Who said what? What do you say? Did you fly first class out here? How, how comfortable was it? Amen. And, uh, and you're saying to yourself, one time, one time I'd like to know what it's like to fly first class. Why don't you ask? That's, that's where I'm at. I've, I've been looking at ads on where you can, you can uh, charter a jet and they'll take you wherever they want. It's like, God, God. You know, I could leave Visalia, not Fresno or Los Angeles, Visalia. We have an airport here. Now, our airport's kind of funky. Todd Bailey flew in here one time, and uh, it was the pilot that got his bags off the plane. And, uh, and then the, uh, uh, he was getting ready to go in the terminal, and the pilot said, Ah, oh, I got a key over here. Just go this way. Open the gate to the parking lot and let him just walk into the parking lot. He said, I've never been in an airport like this. But you know what? It's a 5,000-foot runway. 747 can land there. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's actually an emergency airport for planes flying over. Uh, that if they have a, a problem, they can land pretty much anything on it. And because uh, they intended on it to be actually a, a functioning airport, it's just, you know, crop dusters and things like that, private thing. But I'm like, God, I could fly out of Visalia. Tiffany flew out of Visalia one time. She told me, Dad, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> I'm serious. Didn't you say that? And uh, it, it was like puddle hopping back to uh, Michigan, Michigan, not Michigan, huh? Minnesota, where she was going. And uh, I mean, it's like took off, landed in Goshen, took off, landed in Fresno, <laughs> took off, landed in Madeira. Uh, didn't land in Goshen. There's no airport there. But uh, she's like, Dad, don't ever do that to me. We, we took off and landed five times. And it took me all day to get, get back there. But man, it was convenient because we just drove off to Visalia and let her out. I look at those, I look at those private jet things, I like, God, I gotta get my faith there. You know, some preachers want jets to fly. I don't want a jet. I don't want the hassle of it. I don't want the, to, the burden of it. Oh, but I'd love to charter one. 
Let somebody else bear all that responsibility. Why don't you ask? Remember the question. How far or, or, or how far can you go in your ask? Why, why, why do you think we don't ask for that? Don't want to bother him. That's actually a good reason. I think a lot of people do that. We can't see it. We would view it as a waste of money. Do you know what people would say if a preacher from Visalia chartered a jet to go back to Texas or go back to, uh, you know, Andre's going back to South Carolina, you know, and he charters a jet. You know what people would say? Can I go? It's a waste of money. How much money does God have? All. Why, why, would we, why would we think that anything is a waste of money when God said, I've given you all things and all the heathen businessmen do it, but we as Christians can't? See, there's, because there's an if in our head. Go ahead. Well, I think when you said, like, why don't we do it? Um, also, we don't want to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot easier to be like, well, God didn't want, it wasn't his will than putting in the work Absolutely. to walk through it. How many times do you have to fly and coach, Andre, before it starts uh, purposing to do, uh, do the work? <laughs> Maybe this trip? <laughs> it's not fun. Now, I've flown with the United enough. I've been upgraded free first class many times. I'll tell you, you know how those seats are like really hard? First class seats are not as hard. They're actually softer. And, uh, uh, and, and it, it makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Okay, let me get on my message, man. We're going to right, go to Mark chapter 1. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to deal here with the if. Now, are you getting anything out of this? I mean, is it making sense? God has no limit. We place the limits on God because God doesn't have a problem. In fact, in Hebrews 11 and 6, it says, uh, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So just stop and think about that statement right there. If it takes faith or anything that we do where we set our faith and we believe God to do something and we walk it out by faith is pleasing to God, wouldn't the bigger the ask be bigger pleasing to him. But we have assigned things on a bigger ask. That's a waste of money because our thinking is down on our budget and what we live by. And I don't, I've never looked at the actual price to, I have looked at the, the uh, ads like a lot on, <laughs> on private charter. I've never actually looked at the, the pricing because I don't want to throw myself out of the believing God. Right now I'm visualizing, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at it. But let's say it cost $20,000 to fly from Visalia to New York. Okay, you probably could get, if you flew, flew from L.A. to New York, you know, put in the four-hour drive, you could probably get a, a flight for $500. Okay, in our natural mind, even if we had $20,000 sitting in the bank, we're not going to do it, are we? No. I mean, there, there's going to be a barrier in there of pulling the trigger on something like that because it's going to affect our ability to think at that level. But remember, God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You might be, I might be looking at those ads thinking, ooh, that's a nice looking jet. Man, I'd like to be able to charter and not go commercial. And God's saying, why don't you want to own it? 
Now, there's no desire for me to own it, but if you take my thinking versus God's, why don't you believe to own it? Man, if I owned it, one, I don't fly enough. It doesn't make sense, and I would never do it just because it does. I'm charter, yes, but I own, no, because I don't fly enough for that. But it's like, now I got to have pilots on staff, and I got to pay the insurance. I got to get a storage out there. I don't want to deal with all that. Uh, man, you know how much that would cost? I just threw myself out of the realm of even flying on a charter because I can't think that high. Now, anybody here ever stayed in a motel? Has anybody here paid $500 for the night? How many of us go on three different uh, sites looking for the one that's $75 or less? Well, you know what? This is $43. Uh, they haven't cleaned it in two weeks, but we're only going to be there one night. Yeah, it's got one star, but man, I, I can pay for that. Do you? Now, nobody, I don't think, nobody raised their hand on the $500 night, right? So, $175? Okay, $175 is a decent hotel. I mean, yeah, but if, you're, but if you're at a $175, it's clean, it's comfortable. I mean, it's a nice room. And we might, how many years paid $175 a night for a hotel? About half. Okay. Uh, you got to get breakfast. Uh, okay. but, but just think about your going out. Do you think God would struggle at a $500 a night hotel? No. We would, wouldn't we? It's the if. If I can believe. And, and typically when we fly, we search for the cheapest flight, which to get cheaper flights, you typically have more layovers. Okay, it's going to take me three and a half days to get to Salt Lake City, but I saved $50. Okay, do you know how many people will drive to L.A. to get a flight because it's $150 cheaper and never consider the gas and the time it takes down there to come back? What's that? Okay, what I'm trying to point out is how we think. All things are possible if you can believe. You and I set the bar on how far we can go. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. What can I believe for? You know, it was interesting. I was talking to Johnny George. He's the place that owns, he's the guy that owns this place. And the one out where Milan is, out on Mooney Boulevard, the one that's the big uh, safe, old Safeway building down up the street here. He owns several pieces of property. And he says one time, David, you know what the difference between you and me is? I knew it was coming. I said, tell me. I wanted to say I'm saved and you're not, but I, I didn't <laughs> think that was where he was going. And um, uh, he says, when you have to get work done, you try to find the cheapest person that will do it. He says, I get the most expensive who knows what they're doing? I'll pay twice as much to get quality work and have it done right. And I was looking at him. Inside, I'm shaking my head. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But, you know, I'm looking at him because he's got a powerful point there. And now my brain comes up. Well, you're a multimillionaire and I'm not. Okay, because we like to assign reasons. 
well, inflation is really high. Well, uh, interest rates are really high. Well, uh, it's too hot. It's too cold. Well, people aren't doing this. Well, people are doing that. And that's the reason why I'm where I'm at. But is God subject to any of those? Who's subject to it? My if. See, the only problem I got is David. Because God's given me all things pertaining to life and godliness. He that was rich became poor that I might be rich. That you having all sufficiency in all things that you may abound to every good work. That uh, he that keeps his mind stayed on me, uh, I shall keep him in perfect peace. Go ahead, Mom. So, um, I was just reading that scripture today where you say, according to the power that works in us. So you're saying the power is faith? I said part of the power is our if. What's the other part? Well, I mean, it would probably be a deep say. It's going to be faith. It's going to be the working of the Spirit within us. Yeah. It, it's going to be the Word of God. I mean, but in the context of my, my message tonight, part of it is where my if. I can throttle down what God can do because my uh, the power of God is present to heal, but He could do no mighty work because of their unbelief. Their if stopped his power from working. So part of that, I didn't say the whole thing, I said part of that is our if within us is the power that works within us. We have the power to stop God from doing what he wants to do in our life. And then he says you shall have power if the Holy Ghost comes. So the Well, again, we can throw the if in that. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall have uh, power. How's it go? Uh, you should be... Oh, but anyway, it says you shall have power. Um, let me just turn over here real quick to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Because I can bring the, the if very good into this, as I've always said. Uh, thank you. And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you uh, and shall be witnesses unto me uh, in, in all the earth. And so um, they get it right. Uh, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the earth. So now let's take being spilled, filled with the Spirit. There are many people that are filled with the Spirit that have no power. They got power in them, but they don't know how to release the power, use the power, walk in the power. They, they, they couldn't beat, you know, they couldn't faith themselves out of a paper bag. All right. But they've got, but they're filled with the Spirit. Why? Their if level is really low. They're, they're walking around, they're filled with spirit, they're praying in the spirit every single day, but then they say, well, I could never do that. that. Your if just came in and stopped the power of God that you presently have residing in you. Now, look at Mark chapter 1, verse 40. I'm running out of time here. And there came a leper to Jesus, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, if you will, you can make me, cl make me clean. Now, this is where I said, this man came to the question mark in his heart. This is the if is where the question mark is in your heart. I know you can do it, Jesus. Will you? He has a question mark. Let's read it again, the last part of it. Saying unto him, if you will, you can make me whole, clean. If you will, will you? See, that's where his if is. That's where the question mark is. We all come to the point, we know God can do all things. We know that, but will he do it for me? Can I walk in it? So reaching, you, you have to know where your question mark is. 
And, and we should pay attention to it because at that question mark, we need to do things a little bit differently. We need to build, like going back to Andre's question of how do I do it, once I recognize where I get uncomfortable, then, then at that uncomfortableness, uh, I, I got to realize, okay, I've got a question mark in my heart. I got to see if I can build the faith. Going back to the asking, can I really believe for this? Because I see that question mark. Now, putting numbers on it, I probably, going back to the clinic, if I say, okay, I'm going to receive, I'm, this is an example, I'm not doing this, so don't get worried. Uh, I'm going to receive an offering tonight uh, for this clinic. I want everybody, I want you to stretch your faith out there, and I want everybody to give $1 tonight for it. I probably wouldn't have too much problems, would I? Okay, but if I say, okay, I'm going to do this thing, and, and we're going to believe just right now that we all could put $100 in. Well, I might have got 100%, 99%, 98%. Some people's eyes looked away when I said that, so I think the dollar struggled with them. But, uh, but now, when I go to the $100, I just lost maybe 20 30 40%. Or if I jumped out and said, okay, we're just going to believe God what we can do right now for the clinic, and I believe everyone can do this, we're going to write a check for $1,000. Latrice is looking at me thinking, I wonder if it'll clear. <laughs> okay, I, I might have lost another. Okay, so the number creates question marks, right? Okay, I can do a dollar. Okay, I can do $10. Yeah, I can do $20. $50? I need to pray about this. Okay, there, there's some number in there where you're going to hit the question mark of, can I walk in faith on this? You need, you need to pay attention to that because we all have a, a question mark in our heart. And that is the power in us that limits the all of what we can apprehend. So we need to identify our question mark. Now, um, can you hang with me about five more minutes? Uh, mark 11. OK, I'm going to go fast because I want to read this and then one more scripture and I'll wrap up. Mark 11:22. Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Uh, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. There's the question mark right there. As soon as doubt starts rising up, you found your question mark. Now, there's nothing, don't beat yourself up. We all have a question mark. You know, we can all walk to a certain degree. Okay, going back to the clinic and the numbers, because we can put, you know, everybody might do a hundred or one dollar, everybody might do five dollars. Uh, you know, it drops down a percentage to ten dollars, drops down a little bit more at twenty, at fifty. You know, people drop off at a hundred, more people drop off at five hundred, more people, because there's a number in there, in that example, where we can find our question mark. How far can I walk in healing? There's a place where you're going to say, I don't know if I can do this. Go see a doctor. I, I remember listening to somebody one time, uh, Pastor, I think it was actually Bill Winston. Uh, somebody came up to him and says, uh, Pastor, I've been dealing with this, this and that in my body, and I'm just wondering if I should go to the doctor or not. He said, if you're asking me the question, go to the doctor. Because what, they're revealing the question mark in their heart. You, you don't want it, especially in, on medical things, you don't want to get out into a life-threatening situation just because, well, I'm going to believe. You better know that you can believe. So once, once you doubt in your heart, you have found the question mark. Once there is doubt, a considering of another outcome, you're at your question mark. And now notice why he says that uh, in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have 
whatsoever he saith. There's the all right there. We read the question mark and we read the all. I'm actually not going to read the other verse. I'm going to stop right there because I think that's sufficient in that uh, establishing the, the point that I'm trying to make. And remember, this is kind of a foundational faith message because I'm going to go some places in walking in certain things. But do you see, you and I all have a, a question mark in our heart. We need to pay attention to it. And we need to ask ourselves, how far can I walk in this word? Let's stand. Because if you can't walk very far, you have to realize what's coming on the earth and the things that people are going to face. The Bible talks about the evil day of these last days, and it says men's hearts shall fail them. Now, I, I don't know if that means they're going to be so much pressure on them, they're gonna have, there's going to be an uptick in uh, heart attacks and they're going to fall over dead, or if it means they're going to lose their hope, because it could be either one, that they just give up, maybe commit suicide, maybe just you know, give up and just survive. But the things that, that we're getting ready to walk through, we, we better know that we have some sure footing and that we can walk in it because we know where our faith is. And when we hit the question mark, we need to get back into the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we got to get it built up. No, I can do this and I, I will walk through this. I had a situation not too long ago that I was praying about. And uh, uh, I, I tell you what, I was... Um, I don't know what the right word was. I was wanting to give up, but I wasn't really at the point of giving up, but I was kind of like wanting to. I could see myself going there. And uh, because it's like I'm praying and God's not answering. Have you ever been in a situation where you pray and you pray and you pray and God doesn't answer? And it's like, then you start questioning yourself. Then you start wondering if you can apprehend it. You know what I did? I went and got in the Bible and I got like five or six scriptures, hand wrote them out. Why did I not copy and paste? Because something happens when you handwrite. There's more of a, science even tells you there's more of a connection between your hand and your, and I wrote down five or six questions where God says, I hear you when you pray and I will answer you. Why did I get, and I put that in my, in my uh, prayer journal, and I put that in there so I could build up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word because I know I'm battling this wall and it seems like God's not paying attention. So I go back to his word and remind myself he said, he listens to me and he answers. And that, that's the process by which we have to go through.